This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now is our friend Sammy P. of Fox Sports and Nesson and host of the Chicken Dinner Podcast. And I really hate to start our conversation this way, but because it's such a big story, the Boston Bruins are just the second president's trophy winner to blow a 3-1 series lead in the first round to lose outright. What happened? (laughs) Well, if you didn't start here, there'd be a problem because it's the story of the gambling world, right? And thanks for for having Mm -hmm. me back on for usual. Um, I was actually looking at the numbers. You know, if you would have rolled over Florida in games five, six, and seven, you would have gotten like 22, 23 to one. I don't think anybody in their right mind thought that was going to happen. But the Bruins just stopped working, and they, they were careless with the puck. They had a lot of awful turnovers. Clearly something was up with Linus Allmark. And, and, again, we can play hindsight and doctor hindsight if we want to, but this was a team that, basically started Olmark and Swayman 50-50. Like, they, they both had around 41 starts in the regular season. And then Linus Olmark starts your first six playoff games. Didn't look right. I don't know if he's hurt, fatigued, whatever. Something's going to come out. And then you throw Jeremy Swayman in the pipes in game seven, and he's got a one-goal lead with 50 seconds to go. So even with all of that, they had a chance to put away Florida for the third time in a row. Couldn't do it. Um, our analysts on nothing, both Andy Brickley and Billy Jaffe said the same thing. The better team won. The team that went in the dirty areas won. The team that took care of the puck mm-hmm. won. And, and that's really what happened. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. There's a betting lesson, and I'm glad you brought up the rollover prices because, Sam, we've talked about it for years, and people bring up future prices. Well, when the Bruins were up 3-1, the, the series price on the Florida side, 15 to 1. But you just mentioned you do that rollover, it's 21 22. Um, when you have results like this, massive upsets, a lot of times uh, the talking point is is it, about, is it about the favorite that lost or was it about the heavy underdog that won? Uh, you just got into it at the tail end of your answer there. So I, so I think I know where you're going. I know the reaction in Boston has to be all about killing the Bruins. But so you would agree with the point that, hey, you need to give Florida a little bit of credit, too. They were the better team throughout the series. They were better, definitely, the tail end of the series. And that's when, you know, when we think about teams like the Blackhawks, the L.A. Kings, teams that really had good runs from 2010 to like 2016-17, those were the teams that knew how to step on your throat. Those were the teams that won games four, five, six, seven. They knew how to win the big games, and the Bruins just didn't. And I I think you have to pay attention to the fact that the Panthers were a little banged up uh, heading out of, you know, the New Year's break. And this was a team that won the President's Trophy last year and and had good bones and had good leadership. And they got Sam Bennett back in game two. And and Matthew Kachuk really carried them. They had some really good pieces. Anthony Duclair played pretty well. Um, Bobrovsky came back in that and I think game four. And he obviously has the success. 
that was a veteran laden team. I mean, this wasn't the Columbus Blue Jackets. This wasn't, you know, a team that wasn't supposed to be here. This was a team that had a point total coming into the season of like 105 and a half. So this is a team that, that was supposed to be better than it was. And then they got hot at the right time. And, and their coach, Paul Maurice, was saying, look, we've been playing in the playoffs for about six weeks now because they've had to basically, you know, toe that line as one of the worst teams in the conference. But they get into the playoffs, and when a team with house money gets in, they got nothing to lose, right? They're like the, uh, they're like the guy at the poker table playing across from Phil Ivey, and, and, and they're from Sandusky, Ohio, right? And they got, they got literally nothing to lose. And Phil Ivey's like, you know, this big poker player that has all these bracelets and all this money, and – Sometimes that's a bad matchup for the, the guy that's supposed to win. And, and the Bruins just got outworked, man, for, for three straight games, five, six, and seven. And how about this? I saw this stat that the Bruins only had seven losses at home all season. They had three losses wow. at home in this series. That's happen. And I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm about to drive into work when we hang up here. The, the Bruins are going to get absolutely flamed on talk radio. And it, it's hard to say mm-hmm. they don't deserve it for bowing out in the first round. Yeah, it is shocking. Let's go to the NBA Sixers Celtics tonight. I'm looking forward to this. Does not sound like Embiid's going to play, and everything runs through Embiid for the Sixers. So this is not good for Philadelphia. Um, so they're going to have to make some serious adjustments there. This number was at 10.5 last night and even this morning, and I'm like, I'm not laying 10.5 with the Celtics. I don't know what it is about the Celtics team that I just feel like I can't trust. But, Sammy, they are 4-0 ATS against the Sixers. What do you have your eye on in this matchup? Side, total, props, where are you looking? Uh, first thing I noticed, talk is that the series price has, has really started to crawl up. And, you know, we're seeing some minus 500s and minus 550s now on Boston. And I can only imagine where that number goes after game one, assuming Boston holds serve as a 10-point favorite at home, that, that's probably the case. So then it goes from minus $5 to minus 8 minus $9, at which point um, you would think Embiid would come back for game two, and, and I would look to maybe pounce on a little Philly series, to be honest with you, at you know, plus 650 or something. I, I Obviously, um, it's an uphill battle for Philly without Embiid, but you're totally right about the Celtics being sluggish. I mean, they let – the Atlanta Hawks come into the garden without DeJounte Murray um, as a 13-point favorite and, and take care of business. So they have been really bad all year, uh, laying big numbers. And, and a lot of those games were against inferior teams like the Orlando Magic, like the Indiana Pacers. Like they had several losses to teams like that as 10, 12, 14-point favorites. So I'm a little squeamish, too, uh, of laying 10 in this spot. I want to watch and see how this one goes. I don't really have a play on the side. I lean under at 214. I just think Philly's lack of punch without Embiid is, is going to be something that'll, that'll stand uh, at the end of the night. So, yeah, th- this probably feels like a, a 105-95 type final. And if, if that's the case, it's going to be under the total by just a little bit. But I lean under, really want to see what happens in game one. And if Embiid comes back for two, I'll probably play Philly in two, and I might look at some Sixers to win the series because they don't have anybody that can stop Joel Embiid on the entire roster. Looking at Celtics futures here, Boston's the Eastern Conference champion uh, favorite at minus 225. They're the NBA champion at plus 140. Even if you go to NBA Finals MVP, Jason Tatum is a massive favorite at plus 220. Is there any value in terms of futures with the Celtics? 
I don't think so, Ed. Not at this point. I mean, they've been zapped pretty much all season long. Uh, I, I had to laugh, you know, when the Encore opened up here out in Boston, well, when the sports betting opened, for that matter, in January, and everybody was like, oh, my God, we've got to bet the Celtics. And the, the bookmakers knew that everybody was going to walk in and bet the Celtics. At that mm-hmm. point, they were like 4-1. to one to win the title. And I remember Julian Edelman walked up to the counter with $11,000 and was talking about how great of a bet it was on Boston at 380 to win the title. And I'm like, well, this is, this is why the sports books always win because people bet bad numbers. <laughs> um, I, I don't think you can bet them now. I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I think the bet to think about, um, I'm not answering your question, but I'm going to zag a different direction. I mean, you can still find a guy like Steph Curry to win finals MVP. Um, at like 10 to one, if you shop around and find the right number, you know, I mean, like that's, and you might even find a better number. Like that was just some of the books I looked at this morning. Like, you know, that that team is, is going to get hot here and, and make a run. I don't know that they win the entire thing, but good Lord, did they find their footing uh, in that game seven? And they, they looked really good in game five too. Uh, surprisingly, they didn't put it away in game six, but that's a guy that, you know, knows how to win these games. Um, it's just, it's scary to me that that team hasn't even really sniffed its potential. And you look at the board and then it's like Tatum one, Curry two, Jokic three, Jalen Brown four. Like those are the four heavy hitters. I'm looking at a couple of books that have eight to one on Curry, not 10 anymore. Um, but mm-hmm. that would be the move. Like I wouldn't bet Warriors to win the title. I would bet Curry MVP. And, and that's a guy that just knows how to win these games. So it's crazy to me that, uh, that he's still around that seven, eight to one wheelhouse where, you know that they're probably going to get past the Lakers and then face maybe a Nuggets team that's never been this far as a group. It's really shaping up for Golden State again to make another deep run in the playoffs. Yep, when they're together, they do not lose, not in the uh, Western Conference. I did have a couple football questions I want to throw at you because I know you were into uh, betting the NFL draft. You're always into the information markets uh, for for damn sure. Any takeaways from the NFL draft or betting the NFL draft in general, and uh, I'll throw a, a second one at you, uh, the Patriots team that uh, you're out there covering. You know, nationally, it's, it's become, well, whatever the Patriots did, it was the right thing because Belichick gets everything right. They, they land Christian Gonzalez. He slipped to them. There was some uh, maneuvering around with that pick. Uh, so a lot of people love that value, those that had him rated as – the, the second-best corner in the draft. Locally, is it that way? Do people say, oh, well, Belichick did it, so it's got to be the right move, uh, A-plus draft? Is it, is it like it is nationally and just your thoughts on the draft overall? Well, first and foremost, I'm, I might have to take one of my information guys to the glue factory because everything I got from him <laughs> this year was wrong. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes that happens in drafts, and, and you and I had a little Smith and Jigba to go higher than he did, and that didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. And the Tyree Wilson thing, like I, I saw the reports about his foot and my heart broke because I really thought he was live to go in the top five until all those late reports came out. So that it was not a good draft. The only thing I really crushed on was Bryce Young going first. And I think everybody had that before Easter. So uh, not a big surprise there. But uh, the Patriots, it's half and half. I mean, you still have the Belichick deniers, the people who think he could do no wrong. He has all these Super Bowl rings. And then the other half is, well, Bill's never won without Brady. And, you know, you basically pick a side. I'm in the middle because I'm neutral. I'm not from here. I I don't think drafting a kicker and a punter is usually a good idea, but Bill did that. And, I I mean, they had glaring holes at wide receiver and offensive line, and I I think they have a hole at quarterback, but that's my opinion. I don't think it was a good draft. 
Um, Gonzalez to fall there was awesome because he was mocked in the top 10 by almost everybody. So to get him where they got him was great. But I'll tell you what, man, this is a, a division uh, with Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Tua. And you have Mac Jones. It's like bringing like a, it's like bringing a Nerf gun to a bazooka fight, if you will. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is there. And if you list all these quarterbacks out, like go take all the AFC quarterbacks and put them in order. Where's mm-hmm. Mac Jones? Is he like 11th, 12th? I mean, he's not top 10, not even close. So you come into a season with no passing game, with a defense that, that is okay, but it's bend but don't break, and they got cooked at the end of the season. And you have a coach who, as good as he's been, is on the wrong side of 70, and he's still making personnel decisions that haven't really been that great. So I I don't know. Like, I I don't know how much longer he's going to be here. I I think the days of winning Super Bowls are long gone, and if they really have their eggs in this Mac Jones basket, it's going to be a long year in New England. And you look at their win total, it's seven and a half. That's as low as it's ever been uh, that I can remember. I mean, going back to the Brady days in 2000, 2001, I don't ever remember a win total being that low on the Patriots. So I'll tell you what, it's there for a reason, because they might only be favored in one or two AFC East games. And when was the last time you said that about the Patriots? <laughs> Man. Well, I do always love getting your insight when it comes to future. So now that the draft is over, is there anything that you've had your eye on, bets you've actually placed, whether it's you know team futures or rewards? Yeah, I did make one pop the other day, Hawk, and, and I, I might not be the first person to tell your show this, but I am I am so long on the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, it, it actually it like makes me <laughs> nervous how much I love them. Uh, you know, they were top 10 in the power ratings last year at the end of the season. They played really well, and, and Trevor Lawrence took that leap from year one to year two. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 12 touchdowns and 17 picks as a rookie. Last year, he goes 25-8. and eight. They got better. They addressed some needs. They filled some holes. And now the AFC South is going to start two rookie quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I don't like Tennessee. That team's going in the wrong direction. I mean, the Jags are going to be favored in five of six divisional games. They get the NFC South this year, which should suck, with Atlanta and Tampa and Carolina and New Orleans. Not a great division. I went over nine and a half wins, and I laid 150 on them to win the division. I don't love 150, but by the time we get to August and September and we get through training camp and the hype keeps rising, this team's going to be a 10.5 win total and a, a, a number on, you know, minus 200 to win the division. So that's a team you want to pounce on early and get better numbers than when the season kicks off. Sammy P, we got 30 seconds left. Uh, would you like to vent about your White Sox futures? No, I don't have enough time. 30 seconds. What are you, nuts? No shots. Get rid of all of them. If they cared more about winning games and staying on the field than posting on Instagram, we'd all be in a better place. I hate their guts. I hate them. You you know, you're not the only one on this show who hates them. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Easy fade. Great fade all year. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Sammy P of Fox Sports and Nesson, host of the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we'll continue our NBA conversation, discuss the rest of the playoff bracket, and talk a little Suns and Nuggets on the BetQL Network.